Thank you for listening to WNLA's Sermon of the Week. Visit our website at wnla.church for ways to partner with us and to connect with our ministries. Here is this week's sermon. We have been talking about this victorious revolution, a revolution of change. It's been a lot about a revolution of our own personal change, of how we need to see and believe differently. Amen? Next week, we are going to have a specific message and call about revolutionizing the world and the culture around us. So you don't want to miss next week. But today I want to spend one more week revolutionizing the way we see God, revolutionizing our faith so that we are approaching him and letting him uh, change things about us. We, we talked about approaching God as Lord, as sovereign Lord and sovereign King, right? That was, that was uh, this is where we trust him and obey him simply. We're like, Lord, you are God, you are king. What you say, I will believe. What you say, I will bow to and say amen to that. He's king. Amen? And that's this picture, the picture of somebody, of us bowing before the Lord. We also, in that week, we talked about when, when, we, when we make inner vows of things like, I'll never do that, or I'll never allow this to happen, we're taking the lordship out of that. And it's more like that drunk man trying to get on a horse, only falling into the ditch on the other side because you've robbed God of his lordship in that area of your life. That was a couple weeks ago. You can catch up on these messages online, uh, on YouTube, our Facebook podcast. Uh, Last week, we approached God and found revelation about God as our Father. I love this. God as our Father. Did you know that, yes, he is Lord, he is sovereign, he is is king, and we 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 are servants before him, but he is also... A father who delights in you. This is a picture of my little Emma on the panda at Bellis Fair Mall. And I, I told the story, like, honestly, like, it, 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 my heart delighted in that moment as a father over his child. And this is how the father also looks at us. So yes, he's sovereign. Yes, he's Lord. Yes, he's king and to be feared. Yes, and he's a good father who delights in his kids. Uh, my next picture we talked about last week was when you understand who God is as Father, you realize you've got refrigerator rights to the Word of God. You've got refrigerator rights to the things that He says. And that simply means this. When I walk into my dad's house, I, I can open the fridge and take whatever I want. Because I understand I have that kind of authority. So it's important that we, that we, yes, we know God as Lord, as sovereign, as holy, as sacred, and we come to bow before Him. And... He's a good father, and we can approach him as such. He delights in us. His resources are our resources. Today, I want to talk to us about another yes and. Another layer and level to understand and know who God is, and that is God is your friend. Okay, I want to warn you straight up here, because this is the one thing about God that most of us pay a lot of lip service to but don't actually believe because if any if if you viewed the way you view God as your friend if you viewed any other friend like that you'd cut them out of your life because you think his friendship comes with all these strings attached 
and comes with manipulation and all of these things. And so we need, a, we need a revolution in our thinking about God as our friend, not just giving lip service. Last week I did mention this. If God, if, if God is not your friend, you cut him out of lots of areas of your life, right? When you go to the new Batman movie at the theater, you're like, God, why don't you stay in the car? I'm going to go in and check this out. I'll let you know if it was any good. So you, you understand the mentality? If God is not my friend who sticks closer than a brother, I will compartmentalize him out. Yes, I will come to him in fear and repentance from time to time because I watched the Batman movie. But I'll never invite him with me into the Batman movie as my friend, a companion. And this is why it's a hard one to get through our minds because we don't, want to, we don't think God will come with us to certain places. We need a revolution about our beliefs. Okay, in a nutshell, this is what it is. I'm going to give you my visual illustration. I come to the Lord as sovereign king, as, as the Lord of all, and this is the posture. God, you are king, you are Lord. I submit to you, right? God comes to you as the father, and what does the father do to the small one? Gets down eye to eye. This is God as Father. He comes to your level, and you look him eye to eye, and it's beautiful. We, we need revelation about God as our Father. But he takes it another step. God as friend. Now, here's where the blasphemy is going to come, and this is where it's going to be uncomfortable. He takes you and brings you to his level. And <laughs> Oh, see, some of you are like, no, he doesn't. Yes, he does. I come to him, and, and it's yes, all, all at the same time. Yes, and. So I'm not saying he brings me here, and I'm not still to fear him, and he's not still my father. He's all of these things. But most of us won't get past this moment because we're just so happy to be there. And he's like, come, friend. Know me better. That's, this is the posture that we're going to talk about today. And I, 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 I realize some of us are like, well, that's sacrilege. But it's not, I assure you. Today I want to look at the scripture where Jesus calls us his friends, dissect that a little bit, and then I want to look at some examples in the Bible of Jesus' friends, of God's buddies, and how they interacted with him, and what that meant, and what it means for you and me, okay? So Father, give us revelation for revolution of your friendship to us. Father, I pray that our faith would be quickened, the authority of our prayers would be strengthened in Jesus' name. We receive your word in Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm going to be in John chapter 15, verses 12 through 17. There's quite a bit here, and I will unpack as much as I can with the time that we have, but it says this. This is Jesus talking. He says, this is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. 
This is my command, love each other. That's an encouraging verse. <laughs> it's really good. So much stuff to unpack here, right? We, we know God as king, as sovereign. We come to him as servants. We trust and we know that he, we trust that he knows better than us and so we obey. That's coming to him as, as a king. I trust you and I make you Lord. But I, I want to I say this. He's not in this scripture trying to manipulate you. Okay? Right? You can read it that way. You're my friends. If you do what I tell you. I don't believe that's the heart of what he's trying to say here. Imagine, imagine if you had a friend that was like this. Hey! Hey, Pete. You want to be my best friend? Come help me move this piano. <laughs> Am I right? I, I do this jokingly to, to, to my kids sometimes. I'm like, hey, Emma, you want to be my best friend? Go get me a cup of coffee. Because daddy doesn't want to get off the couch right now. Okay, and I do it jokingly. But that isn't friendship, right? That's manipulation. And, and any friend like that, you'd be like, that is gross. I don't want to be a friend to that. That's not what I believe the heart of what Jesus is saying here. He's not saying, if you, you're my friends. If you make me that cup of coffee... That's, that's not the heart of God for us. What I believe he's saying here is you will know that you're my friends. You will understand it. You will see yourself as my friends when you are doing what, what I command. It's like motivating you out of fear. But that's the 101. Yes, Lord, I believe. I try, whatever you say versus, oh, I love you and I want to do what you, have, what you want me to do. I'm in. I trust you. You see the difference? Posture, the one is like, okay, I, I'll, I, I'll obey. I'll do what you have to say because I know you're right. But the other posture is, oh, I love you. What? Okay, I'll do it. Two different postures. And I believe the Lord is wanting to give us revelation of what it means to be a friend so much so that you love him enough to be like, yes, yes, yes. I'm with you. I'm with you. You know somebody is your friend when they show up to help you move all your junk from one house to another. Come on, folks, am I right? I'm telling you, there's not a man, woman, or child alive who loves moving other people's junk. There isn't, and if they are, they're weird. <laughs> but why do people, why would somebody show up to help you move? It's not because that, that you've manipulated, it's because they, not because they love moving your stuff, it's because they love you. And that's a beautiful friendship, that somebody would lay down their life for you. And it goes beyond moving people's junk, folks, trust me. But that's, that's an easy example. You know that you've, that you've become, you have the revelation of God's friendship when you're like, I want to show up to help him move his stuff. Nobody wants to help move this stuff. They're like, I love him so much, I'll do anything. You, want, you need to move some stuff, I'm with you. I'm with you. I also need to tap into this for a second. I, I, you need to understand something, especially in our modern day culture. The world has, has a perverted love. He, they've perverted a fr friendship kind of love. Did you know that there is, there is a beauty, a profound beauty in a love between a man and a man friendship, a woman and a woman friendship, with nothing erotic about it. But our world won't allow that anymore, 
right? You can't, you can't love somebody the way David and Jonathan loved each other in the scripture. In fact, I've heard people say, oh, David and Jonathan must have been homosexual. That's nonsense. Oh, you know, I bet Jesus had a crush on John because he said he loved him. That's nonsense. Do you realize the perversion of our culture? And when you can't get over that perversion, you are missing out on something about friendship that is profoundly deep. And then as a result, you'll be robbed of what a true, deep, and meaningful love relationship of friendship with the Father and Jesus Christ that you have as your friend. I, I, I say this, I'm not majoring on it, but we need to get over the whole perversion of our culture and back to the purity because God desperately loves you as your buddy, as your friend. No perversion in it. I, I know some of... Some of our, my dearest friends, when there was a season in my wife and my, our life where it wasn't an easy season, but the Lord brought uh, these friends, Jason and Heather, to us. Um, and and I, can't, I can't explain the profoundness of that friendship. Like, and in that friendship, it, it, there was like, like we would, yeah, we'd laugh, we'd joke, I'd play video games, we'd watch movies, we would pray together, we would, we would listen to the Lord together, we would encourage one another. If there was something that needed to be done, I'm there, we'll show up. And my heart was, our hearts were in it. There was this intimacy of friendship. There was nothing perverted about it. There was a profound friendship about it. And it was a gift. We have to understand friendship on a right level, on a pure level, because it is a gift that the Lord wants to give you, with other people too, but if I, can't, if I can't get over that, I may not understand his kind of love and friendship. He is your friend. He is your friend. You will know that you have learned to lean into Jesus as friend when you do what he commands, right? And it's not about, I'm going to use some education terms. There's extrinsic motivation and there's intrinsic motivation. I know those words might not mean anything to you. Extrinsic motivation is you're going to do the homework or you will be punished with a bad grade. Right? That's extrinsic. There's an external force putting pressure on you to act and do. Intrinsic motivation is I'm going to do the homework because I want to learn and I want to do it. There's a benefit to me. So when we're talking about, you'll do what I command, it's not because I'm about to whack you or I'm mad at you or you're going to be punished. It's because oh, there's the intrinsic motivation of, I want to because I love Jesus. He's my best friend. I, I want to do what he commands. You've got to get this revelation about friendship with Jesus. Or you won't understand the love of him and you won't understand how to love him appropriately. This is why you, you, you take the real basic, basic things. Uh, this isn't a message about finances, but one of the things that, about finances, Jesus says, test me in finances, right? Bring the whole tithe into the storehouses. See if your barns won't overflow. Test me in this. It's just money. He's like, whatever about money. But what he's trying to teach you is that, hey, there's blessing with it. There's blessing for obedience so that when I get into other parts of my life, I, I understand that it's not just about getting the blessing. It's just, oh, I trust him. His ways are the best. You're the, you're the best. I'm finding intrinsic motivation. I trust his command. You'll know that you're my, he says, you'll know that you're my friend if you do what I command. Now, here's what we need to focus in on. So what is his command? 
obey every single letter of the law. Let's, in context, Jesus has given you one very simple command. He says it twice in this, in this context. Very simple command. He says twice, love one another. He just said, this is my commandment, love one another. And then he goes on and he says, you'll know that you're my friend if you do what I command. Then he says all these other things and at the end he says, love one another. This is my command. This is his command, that we would love one another. Oh, I can't stand that guy. I can't forgive that person. <laughs> this is the heart of what, I need, what we need to understand here. In the context of friendship, he's, like, he's, he's trying to point out to you, if you love me, if you're my friend, you'll love that person regardless of how you feel about them. You'll love them on my account because I love them. Uh, I don't know what you feel about, that, about, about Bob over here, but I love him. He's my buddy, and I ask you to love him on my account. That's what Jesus is saying. You'll know you're my friend when you're doing that. You'll know you're my friend when you're doing that. Uh, this is, this is a, a story that is, is not how I want you to act, but I, I remember in high school I had this, this friend. He was very misguided, but he was very loyal. And he did teach me a lesson about friendship, which he probably needs to repent of. Uh, I, was in, I was in leadership and ASB and different things, so I was constantly up in front of people, you know, and giving speeches, and the whole school's there. And during one of my speeches, uh, I didn't hear this, but somebody behind him said, well, I don't even know what they said, but they said, that guy's an idiot, and like said all these terrible things about me. And, uh, and so my friend, who told him to shut up later after school, saw him on the side of the road, ran him off the road with his car, and then proceeded to beat him up. That made me feel so good. <laughs> I know it's terrible. It was wrong. But the truth is, I'm like, wow, wow. Like, he was like, you don't say that about my friend. You love my friend how I love my friend. Okay, so Jesus isn't asking you to beat people up because what, what my friend didn't understand what he didn't understand is that, is that the Lord also loved that guy he was about to beat up. And that his heart for him was the same as his heart for me. And he was able to, but you understand what Jesus is saying? He's like, I love that person so much. Don't speak about them that way. I'm going to run you off the road. And if you're listening, friend, you know who you are. You better, you better ask Jesus for forgiveness. All right. <laughs> he said, so don't run people off the road. That wasn't even in my notes, so we'll see if it... It may not make the cut for second service. They might take it too literally. I trust you guys. <laughs> but what Jesus is saying, he's saying, love them on my account. I want to I tell you a, another story. This one is in my notes, so it's more inspired probably. Uh, I have a dear friend. I consider him a friend, a mentor. I love him dearly. His name's Brian Davenport. He's a pastor in Vancouver, Washington. That's right. Terry, you know him. Uh, a little while ago, we had a missionary couple come to our church, and, uh, and this missionary couple, like, had, they'd blessed me years ago when I first started here at the church. Uh, since then, they've had to be off the field because of COVID and all of that, and they've been attending my, my friend Brian's church, and he didn't even know about it. Um, 
They were here a little while ago, and I was talking with them only to discover, oh, you're attending this church there? And I'm like, oh, I know that pastor. And I'm like, he's the most amazing person ever. And they're like, oh, we haven't met him yet. And uh, he doesn't, we're, you know, we just kind of been keeping low and all of that. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I, I contacted, after, I, after that Sunday, I contacted my friend Brian. And, uh, and I said, I said this, this missionary couple, you don't know, but they're attending your church. I love them dearly. They were a blessing to me. And I said, all I said was bless them on my account. And, uh, and that following Sunday, uh, he went out of his way to find them in the church. He brought them up in front of the entire church, introduced who they were. And he said, we are from this point on supporting this missionary couple monthly. And beyond that, we we're paying them a year's back wages from what we didn't pay them this year. And, uh, and, and when he... When he told me that, all I said was, I love you. <laughs> like, he didn't know these people from Adam, but, but what he heard from me, I said, bless them on my account. And he's like, okay, because I love you, I will bless them on your account. And this is the heart of the Father to you about other people. When he's saying, this is my command, love each other, love one another. He's asking us to look at other people, and he's saying, you know that guy that stinks, and you don't like him, and he says the things you don't like? Bless him on my account. Love them on my account. And so the, the deep intrinsic motivation isn't because this person is acting and saying and being the person I want him to be or I like. He may have a complete different interest, but I love my father, my, my Lord, and my best friend so much that he loves this person, I'm going to love him on his account. Regardless of what I currently feel, I don't have to drum up emotions. I just think, oh, I love you. I don't know about that guy, but on your account, I bless on your account, I love you. Realize why I got to know him as my friend. Otherwise, I'm going to go out there to bring the evangelism to the world. And I'm going to damage all of his children because I don't love him. I, can't, I don't have the capacity to love everyone. And yet I'm called to be the light of the world to them. How do I do that? I understand the friendship of my father, the dear friendship of this, this intimate love with my friend Jesus. And then I look at the world on his account. Oh, he died for them too. Okay, Father, I tap into your love, Jesus. I'm tapping into your friendship, and I will love them on your account. That's the kind of love, that's the kind of evangelism that will actually transform the world. That's, oh, that's good. That's what friends do. Love them on my account. Look at other people this way. Have you ever, have you ever been going somewhere? Uh, maybe you're, I don't know, I can't even think of an example. Maybe you're, you're, going, you're going to a special restaurant and somebody says to you, your friend says to you, hey, I know the head chef there. Tell them I sent you. Right? And so you're like, hey, could you tell the chef that uh, I'm a friend of Bob's? And now all of a sudden the chef sends out something extra special for you, right? Uh, or whatever it is, you're going in and you know, that the, hey, I know so-and-so, they said to say hi. Oh, all of a sudden you're treated differently. Everyone on this earth, every, every dirty dog center, whatever, comes to you with a letter of recommendation from the Father, from Jesus Christ. He's like, hey, they know, they know me. And so, and so the, I'm now the chef and how am I going to treat them differently? Because my friend says he knows them. This is the view of a friendship. When I get a revelation of Jesus as 
my friend, I will treat other people differently with a grace that doesn't come from me. I will bless that person that I dislike, but I'm going to do it on Jesus' account. Because in that, I'm able to. All right, I need to hurry up. I have a few more points here. Point number two. Jesus says this when he, saw, he says, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I've told you everything that the Father told me. Okay, here's the other thing about friendship. A friend confides. When, when, I, when I know there are things that as dads you don't, you don't tell your kids for whatever reason. There are things as a king I don't tell my subjects because they don't need to know. But as a friend, I tell them everything. You ever had that best? Like, this is what I'm talking about with those intimate friendships. You're like, hey, I'm struggling in this area. Or, hey, guess what? This news happened. This is, this is the Father's heart. This is Jesus' heart to you now. It's like, as a friend, I tell you everything. I'll reveal it all to you because you are my friend. You come into his presence like, hey, guess what? Guess what we're about to do? This is friendship. He confides in you. Yes, you can tell Jesus everything anything but when you have a revolution and a revelation of jesus as friend you understand that he reveals the hidden mysteries to you from the foundation of the world he he reveals those mysteries to you and this in turn gives you a deep sense of peace in love and love but again this is only if i believe what he tells me to He's my friend, I'm going to give him the benefit. When my friend tells me something, I give them an extra benefit of the doubt, right? Oh, that must be true. I understand what he's telling me is true. I want to talk about one of God's friends named Abraham. Quickly, in James chapter 2, verse 23, it says this. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. There's something profound about when you simply just believe what the Father says. When you believe what God says, you read the word and you're like, okay, I'll believe that. There's a friendship that happens between you and God that Abraham discovered. What happened to Abraham? He's like, hey, I know you're old, but you're going to have a child of the promise. You'll be the father of many nations. And Abraham believed him. He's like, okay. I believe you. And what is it? It was credited to him as righteousness and you're my friend. Because you believed. Not because you're afraid of me, but because you're my friend, you believed. Oh, that's good. I believe you. It's like you, ha you have a friend. You've got a friend like in the White House, right? If All these crazy things that are going on. If you had a friend who was Secretary of State, your, your buddy, your friend, Secretary of State, and you're hanging out with him for lunch and he's like, hey, listen, don't worry about it. Nobody knows this, but this, this, and this, and this, okay? You'd be like, oh, okay, I don't have to worry about it, right? Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody, and they're like, oh, I have a friend, blah, 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 and they said this, and you're like, oh, oh there's a level of authority when they say, I've got a, I got a friend there. He works there. So your, your fear, or your anxiety, or your worries about what's going on there, my friend says, this, you don't need to worry about it. He works there. It's going to be good. Oh, okay. I guess your friend must know. So here's the thing. Friend of God. He reveals the hidden mysteries. You can go, okay. So when he says, it's going to be okay, 
I can work all things for the good of those who, who call, are called according to my purpose, who trust me. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I got my friend, he says everything's going to be okay. Okay, let's do this. I got a friend. You have a friend on the inside scoop, on the inside track. Friendship of God, with God is so amazing. I wanted one more, one more friend. Listen, I could, I could talk about my friend Jesus a lot, right? There's a lot of, this is not an exhaustive study about his friendship, but I want to look at one more of his friends, his friend Moses. Moses uh, gives us a very powerful example of friendship with God. A friendship that we are ushered into thanks to Jesus. Okay? Exodus 33, 11 tells us that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. They would chew the fat. They would talk. God would meet him face to face. He would reveal hidden things to him, profound things. But his friendship goes one step further with Moses. Not only did God tell him all of these things, and here's the Ten Commandments, and all of these things, he listened to Moses and changed his mind when Moses gave some input. When his friend Moses said, how about this? God was like, well, I was going to do it this way. But on your account, I'll change my mind. This is where the rubber's going to meet the road a little bit for some of us. Moses would give input and God would say, it's a good idea. Thanks, friend. A couple of examples of this. One I won't read. You can read it in Exodus 33. Uh, God was like, I'm tired. Like, I can't deal with these Israelites anymore. I'm not going to go with you into, into the promised land. I'm going to send you guys out. You can take the promised land just like I said. But I'm not going to go with you. I'll send my angel. And Moses said, I'm not going anywhere unless you come with me. And God says, okay, I'll come with you. That's friendship level. Amen. That's friendship level with God. I want to read you this next one. And we're going to spend some time at the altar. Numbers 14. I'm going to read uh, just the highlights here. It says this. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me? Even after all the miraculous signs. There's some people who don't understand the friendship of God. Like miracles mean nothing to them. And some of them are just using God for miracles because they don't understand him as friends. Anyway, that's a side. I've, they don't, uh, all, after all the miracles I've done among them, I will disown them and destroy them with a the plague. Then I will make you, Moses, buddy, my friend, into a greater and mightier than they are. Skips down. Moses says this. Please, Lord, prove that your power is as great as you've claimed. For you said the Lord was, is slow to anger and filled with unfailing love, forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. In keeping with your magnificent, unfailing love, please pardon the sins of this people, just as you have forgiven them ever since they left Egypt. Then the Lord said, I'll pardon them as you requested. Friend. God is sovereign. He's king. He's Lord. He is, he is the father who comes down to our level, but he's also the friend that brings us up and seats us in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. 
you get to hang out in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong. He still says, no, that's not going to work out. He's still sovereign. He's still Lord. But he, in response to your believing prayers and your bold requests, he will say, okay, I'll go with you. If I don't understand friendship with God, my prayer life will be non-existence because why bother? My prayer life is do what you're about to do because you're going to do it anyway. Okay, we understand the sovereignty of God, but when I get a revelation of my belief in Jesus, he's my friend, now I can ask him for anything. John Wesley said this, the Lord, excuse me, uh, God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. I'm not John Wesley. I wouldn't quite go with that extreme with that, because I know he does a lot of things. But do you know how profound and powerful your prayers and requests are as, you, as a friend of God. Ephesians 2.6, as I said, he raised us from the dead along with Christ Jesus and seated with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. We get to hang out with our friend Jesus in heavenly places. This is an intimacy level where our prayers become much more powerful. My faith is much more powerful. I want to go back to our original text. Our original text, he says, he, says, he says this, I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. And then he says, this is my command, love each other. That's how he finishes the whole thing. In the context of friendship, he tags this, I've appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Folks, do you understand that I didn't make this up? This is in the scripture. A friend believes and trusts when he says something. Stephanie, I'm going to have you come up. The Lord listens to his friends and he responds to his friends. We come to the Lord as sovereign, and we say, Father, forgive me, I'm with you, Lord, for, you are the king, you are the Lord. He comes down to our level, and he looks us in the eye as father, and he says, oh, yes, my son, my daughter, I love you. And then he takes us as friends, seats us in heavenly places, so that we can produce fruit. This is, this is why we, had to, we have to know this before we go out into the culture to transform it. Otherwise, we're slaves trying to, trying to make more slaves. We're sinners that don't understand a father's love, and we're trying to make more orphans. When the truth is, yes, yes, and we also need to give people revelation that he is your friend. He is your dear, intimate friend. And that we are to love them on his account. And there's where the fruit comes in. This is where, the, this is where, this is, this is where revival would happen. Will he trust you with, with, with the notorious sinners? If you're his friend and you're loving them on his account, yeah, he will. Because he loves them too. So here's how I want to conclude. I'm going to invite us to come to the altar and find a place 
to kneel or stand. And this is your, this is your invitation. I am asking you to move and I'm asking you to go because I want us to come to the altar with bold prayer. Not, not timid prayers, but like, Lord, this is what I see and this is what I'm asking you for, for my, as my friend, as my father, as my Lord. And so Stephanie's gonna lead us in, in whatever song, I don't know. But this altar space is the space I'm inviting you to to come like you're walking into the heavenly places to be seated with Christ Jesus, to, to talk to him as a friend, to share your intimate, like if you're broken, if your heart is broken, you're like, God, I held this back because I didn't think you'd understand or I was afraid. I gotta give this to you. I gotta be, I gotta be real with you because you're my friend and, and you're not gonna cast me out. Or you've got bold prayers you're still asking him for whether it's a healing in your body, whether it's a loved one who needs to come to know Jesus. I'm gonna say a quick prayer and then the altars are open and we'll spend this time together. Father, Lord, friend, we come to you, hang out with you. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. We open up and we dedicate this altar space as a heavenly place in Christ Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or if you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit our website at wnla.church.